Hello and welcome to Dated Stories, a show dedicated to stories and storytellers. I am your host, Tamar. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, this week I will be reading a piece from for you all um, from the the chicken uh, chicken soup for the soul. Um, and you know it's you know they're known for uh inspirational stories and things like that so i want you guys to listen up and be inspired get inspired um the first piece i'm going to read to you guys is called loft living it's called loft living and the next piece i'll read to you is called art lessons okay so here it says um Oh, let me let me tell you guys the uh, authors. It's Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, and Amy Newmark. Okay, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, and Amy Newmark. These are the authors for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Okay. Um, uh, before I get started, the readings are kid friendly. Um, I haven't seen anything foul. You know, when I, you know, concerning what I've read so far, so um, yeah, um, get your kids and join in. Um, loft living when my husband Mark and I were newly married, we signed up for a chocolate tasting event held in the old International Market Square building in Minneapolis. As we noshed on chocolate confections, we saw a sign announcing loft space for sale in a separate section of the building. Giddy from a Thor Sugar Buzz. <clears throat> Jitty, Jitty, I'm sorry. Jitty from, from a thorough sugar buzz, we decided to tour the model and see what downtown loft living was all about. When we got to our fifth floor showroom, we were greeted by soaring ceilings, huge windows, original brick, and hardwood floors throughout. We were stunned. This was what loft living was all about. No wonder it was all the rage. Whether it was from all the chocolate we never We'll never know. But that night, we felt like we could conquer anything. <laughs> it's the caffeine and the chocolate. That's, that's what. <laughs> Even downtown Minneapolis, right then and there, we decided we wanted to be loft owners. And a couple of months later, we moved into our new home. <coughs> now, the International Market Square is an interesting place. Originally, the brick buildings were home of... Munzingwear, an undergarment and hosiery company that incidentally invented the logoed golf shirt. There are five buildings that comprise the International Market Square, all joined by a glass atrium in the center. Four of the five bu- uh, building house in- interior design studios show. Hold on, let me read that again. There are five buildings that comprise the International Market Square all joined by a glass atrium in the center. Four of the five buildings house interior design studios, showrooms, and architectural offices. And the fifth building has been converted into multiple loft spaces with a penthouse on top. After we moved in, Mark and I thoroughly enjoyed exploring every nook and cranny of our building. On snowy Minnesota days, when it was too cold to go outside, we would walk laps around the five floors surrounding the atrium. We would stroll past each of the interior design studios and window shop for our dream lighting rugs and furniture and everything. We even discovered that we could enter one door on the fifth floor after hours and take a sneak peek at the events going on below. 
We got to see bridal expos, speed dating events, ballroom dances, and one night a trapeze art hanging from the glass ceiling over a fancy dinner party below. How they got her up there is still a mystery to me. On one particularly warm summer evening, Mark and I planned to eat dinner on our balcony. We, didn't, we noticed a long line of people winding around the building and up the block. Curious, we put dinner on hold and headed to the fifth floor to overlook whatever event had garnered such a large crowd. We entered the atrium area and were surprised to find people everywhere. On every level, they were pressed against the railings, some sitting with their legs hanging over the edge, intently watching someone below. We pushed our way to the railing and saw then-Senator Barack Obama speeding, speaking. It was a noisy affair and so crowded that we decided to make our way back to our loft and finish the dinner we had started. We took our salads into the balcony and ate happily. After about 15 minutes, we heard the large industrial doors beneath our balcony opening, and a group of people emerged. The campaign team was Senator Obama in the center. He pumped his fist in the air and did a little victory dance, like you would see any football play <clears throat> excuse me, like you would see any football player do it after making a touchdown while high-fiving his team. To the side was his security. To the side was his security detail, and they were giving Mark and me the eye as we sat chomping on lettuce and tomatoes directly above the proceedings. Imagine our surprise when later that year Obama was voted into office. We were able to see that the president had been to our house. Though we were surrounded by enough happenings to give us stories for the next decade the discoveries didn't stop there a couple months after we had moved in my grandparents came over for dinner when my grandma louise first arrived she placed her hand on one of the butter yellow cement pillars in the center of our living room space and said these pillars used to be green we were amazed to discover she had worked for Munningsware as the secretary of the men's hosiery buyer in the very building we lived in Grandma told tales of the sewing machines that filled the floors of the huge washrooms with mental locker with met, sorry, metal lockers where the workers hung their coats <coughs> of the riot that had taken place and how dreadfully hot the building had been. We used to take salt salt pills, she said, to replace all the salt we lost from sweating while we worked. <laughs> I looked around, glad for all the modern conveniences our loft had, including central air conditioning. It was amazing to think that my grandma had worked in this building with no idea that no, that one day her granddaughter would be living in it, walking on the same floor she walked on, touching the same brick wall she had touched. It boggled my mind. Mark and I had known our home possessed a lot of history, but now it became personal. I learned a lot from Grandma about her experiences at Munsingware, and the history of the International Market Square has become a special connection for us. We love to share our stories and impressions of the building we have in common. Our tales are vastly different. Hers set in the backdrop of the post-World War II era, and mine in the fast-paced 21st century, but each memory occurred in the same place, my home. <coughs>
by Laura Spitak. Okay. And the piece that I just read to you is called Loft Living, okay? And under it says, you never know what events are going to transpire till you get home. <clears throat> and this is coming from um, the book um, Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's the Home Sweet Home Edition. Uh, and it's by Jack Canfield, Mark Victor, Hanson, and Amy Newmark. Um, so Loft Living, I guess they had two, she had two situations. One where she... Uh, they were able to witness the then senator, uh, who would then be the future president, Pre President Barack Obama, and then her grandmother, you know, worked in the in the space that she was living in, in the place that she was living in. Yeah, so you just never know. Okay, so the next piece I'm going to read to you guys um, is called Art Lessons. Okay, and before I read that piece to you, I'm going to go ahead and do a real quick cough right quick. <coughs> And clean out all of my, uh, all this phlegm and stuff. But here it says art lessons. Um, and it's by, it says here, he didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. Clarence Bunnington Kalan. And that's right before you get into this, into the piece called art lessons. <clears throat> It says, as a child, I loved coming home from school in the afternoons. While I was the studious type from an early age, there was a different kind of world waiting for me at home that enthralled me even more. After throwing my backpack down on the living room couch, I would help my mom prepare our afternoon tea, pouring the, arom the, arom the aromatic... <coughs> Persian blend into the little golden teacups my dad had brought back from his last trip to Iran. As the cups gently rattled on the tray I carried, I could could hear the sound of a voice gradually growing louder as I approached the door to the studio. There before me was the moment I had envisioned since waking up that morning, the sight of my dad standing over his canvas, completely absorbed in his painting, as Maria Salas greeted me with her lament over lost love. I was in awe of my dad as I watched him paint. At first, he didn't even seem to notice that I had entered the room. He was in a world distinct from the one that I encompassed, that encompassed him. Fueled by his imagination and the tenderness of the soprano's voice as it resounded within the studio walls. As I saw how intensely he concentrated on his work, I often feared that my presence might disturb him. Sometimes I even felt compelled to leave before he could see that I was in the room. Yet his delight at, su his delight at suddenly noticing me standing near his table always kept me by his side. <laughs> Hi, Gorizi. How was school? It was really fun, Daddy. I wrote two poems today during writing time, and I got to paint, too. At the mention of the painting, out came a small blank canvas from under his work, work table. Then let's paint together. For hours, we will work diligently. My dad with his large canvas at one end of the table and me with my little one on the opposite end. As he worked, he told me stories. He told me how he first knew he wanted to be a painter when he was six years old and how his family never supported his passion for art. He told me how he used to draw on every service he could find and often got into trouble for it. As pages of textbooks in the walls of his house were... 
his early canvases. <clears throat> he told me how he designed my mother's wedding dress and ring and how they how their shared passion for art convinces them to come to America for a college education shortly after their marriage. As I listened to his tale, I was not aware at the time that I was receiving an education I could never truly find in school. <clears throat> as I as a seven year old, I was mesmerized and entertained by his often humorous accounts of his childhood antics. I could I could not see back then, however, that his words were more than just a retelling of his personal history. He was not merely sharing his thoughts with me. He was showing me to dare he was showing me how to dare to dream, discover, explore, and become the closest thing to what you are. Passion, he would repeat, is what keeps you going in life. <laughs> To settle for anything less than what it takes to fulfill your dream is a disservice to yourself. Let me read that again. Okay, you all ready? It says, passion, he would repeat, is what keeps you going in life. To settle for anything less than what it takes to, to fulfill your dreams is a disservice to yourself. As the hours passed by and we finished the cookies my mom had brought for us, I learned how to live. These days, his words echo in my mind more vividly than ever as I try to navigate my way through the working world, through my dreams, through life. At every fork in the road, I remember these words and feel a little less afraid of taking the journey. And whenever life becomes hazy, I know what to do. <clears throat> Let me read that line again for, for you all, okay? Let me see how far back I want to go because those three lines are very good. Okay, so it says here, At every fork in the road, I remember these words and I feel a little less afraid of taking the journey. And whenever life becomes hazy, I know what to do. I park my car, walk towards the house, and hear... Placido Domingo's voice soaring above the surrounding valley. I see a figure crouching over a table and another holding a gold, little golden teacup. I smile, spreads, a, a smile spreads over my face. I am home. <clears throat> so that was a good piece about, you know, just, you know, following your dreams and, you know, uh, following your passions, you know. The passion is what keeps you going. And so uh, that was that piece again was called Art Lessons. And um, before that, uh, I read a piece called Loft Living. Um, I'll be continuing on this book. Uh, I'll be doing a series on this book for the coming months. Because uh, I think, you know, there's some good pieces from out of this. Very inspirational um, and very much needed. Um, and so with that, you know, I will conclude the, this show for today, uh, for this week. Um, again, I'm your host, Tamar, and I would like to thank you uh, for tuning in to another edition of Dated Stories. Until next time, I'll see you.